I'm Jessie Aredia, and you're listening to Soul Care for the New Mom, a podcast designed with new moms in mind, where we talk about what it looks like to thrive in motherhood as the free, confident, joy-filled women God has called us to be. For today's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Holly Girth. Now, Holly is a coach and a speaker and an author, and she's just released a new devotional called Strong, Brave, Loved, which is filled with empowering reminders of our identity in Christ, who we really are, and what it looks like to live from a place of strength, bravery, and love. Um, I feel like this is a this is an area that so many of us moms can use encouragement in, especially in this season of early parenthood, where it is really easy to forget what our identity is when we're so wrapped up in this role of being a mom. So I'm so sure that you're going to walk away from this episode feeling encouraged, feeling empowered, and I especially think that you're going to appreciate hearing Holly's story of how she walked through infertility and how God wove this amazing story out of it, how he brought her to where she is today, and how that journey is now being used to minister to other women. So without further ado, here is my episode with Holly. Hi, Holly. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Jesse. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for our listeners to hear from you for a couple of reasons. The first is because I just know your heart for women, and I really appreciate that. I admire that. And I have a very similar heart. And so I just can't wait for them to hear more about your work. But also, I would definitely want to talk about your new devotional that just came out. So I'm just, I feel like this is going to be a really good conversation. Um, But before we dive in, can you maybe just talk a little bit about, maybe introduce yourself, your family, and talk about what this season of life looks like for you right now? Sure. Yep. So in this season of life, I have a crazy family story. I'm a mama and grandma, and that is unexpected. My husband and I went through about 10 years of infertility, and God ended up giving us a daughter who was 20 years old when she came into our life. So Um, it's been about six years now that Lavelle has been our daughter and she has a little girl named Eula who just turned two. And so, yeah, so that's a busy season of life right now and, and a gift because I didn't get to expect to be a mom or a grandma. Yeah, absolutely. Can you, if you don't mind, maybe just for the listener who maybe is kind of in a waiting period. Just like, you know, infertility is very much about the wait. And I know there's a lot of prayer and there's a lot of hoping and there's a lot of disappointment and discouragement. And what kind of encouragement can you give to the listener who is sort of in a waiting period? Whether Yeah, well, I think first of all, it's okay to feel all the together. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I did a lot of crying in bathrooms way more than I ever wanted to. There are times I was really mad or confused. And so I think first is giving yourself permission to feel how you need to feel, but also knowing you don't have to stay in that place, you know, taking those feelings to God and the people you trust and that you can say, I'm not okay today too. That was a big part of my journey. And then, you know, it is hard because it feels like when we're waiting that God's not doing anything or maybe we've been forgotten or he's answering everyone else's prayers. But the amazing thing was 
we made uh, Lavelle officially gave her our last name on August 28th. And so in our family, we call that Girth Day. We celebrate it every year like a birthday. <laughs> and our granddaughter, Eula, was born on Girth Day. Oh, so, my goodness. Only God, you know? So I thought, wow, all those times when I thought, God, your timing is really off, you know? Mm. Yeah. He was saying, no, I have it down to the day, like I'm in this. And so I would say that's the encouragement that I would have for someone who's waiting that God's timing often feels wrong, but because he loves us, we can trust that it's right. Oh man, I'm I'm already in tears and like we just started <laughs> this, but that is just such a beautiful story. Um I, I don't know if you knew this, but my husband and I, we just got approved to be foster parents. Mm. And um, so it's it's only been a couple of weeks, but we're waiting on that first placement. And it's there's so much emotion that goes yes. into it. And we haven't even officially started. I'm already yes. like, oh, God, I got to trust your timing. <laughs> but um, yeah. wow, what an amazing story. Can you kind of go into the backstory behind how you got started as you're, well, I know you're an author, but you're also a speaker and you're also a coach. So can you maybe just share a little bit about how you got into that line of work? Sure. Well, my grandparents had a Christian bookstore. So I grew up being a little girl in the corner with a big stack of books and always dreamed of being a writer. And so that's how I spent my childhood. And then I ended up during college being an intern for Dayspring Cards, the Christian subsidiary of Hallmark and worked for them for about a decade and then felt like God was asking me to step out and start writing books. And I didn't know what that looked like. And I love Dayspring. I still partner with them, but I expected to always be there. But my last day at Dayspring was on a Friday and I didn't know what was coming next. And the following Monday, my publisher offered me a three book contract <laughs> out of the blue that I didn't know was coming. So yeah, again, the timing, God's timing is perfect. <laughs> but so I've been, that was 2010. So for about 10 years now, I've been writing books and doing some speaking. And I also got certified as a life coach. That's really my heart too, is just helping women embrace who they are and become all God created them to be. Yes. Amen. And I feel like that kind of brings us to this new devotional that you have out. Um, Strong, brave, loved, empowering reminders of who you really are. And when I first read that title, I just thought, wow, how many women must need this right now? Because especially if they're in the season of motherhood, like I know my listeners are, it's so easy to forget who you are so easy to forget that identity and to forget how much God loves you and how he really sees you. So I love that you have come out with this book. Um, can you talk a little bit about who this book was for, maybe how it's different from your other books, and then what do you hope women most take away from reading it? Sure. Well, in 2017, I released a book called Fierce Hearted, Live Fully, mm -hmm. Love Bravely. And it was really a book of stories, kind of a memoir from my life. And afterward, women kept writing me and saying, I love this book. How can I apply it practically? And so Strong Brave Loved is a follow-up to Fierce Hearted. You don't have to read Fierce Hearted, but that's where it came from, was saying, okay, I'm going to take the principles from Fierce Hearted that I talked about and put them with more scripture and journaling space and prayer prompts and all the pieces you can add in a devotional. So that was a big part of it. And then another thing was I went to a Priscilla Shower event 
and I had my mama on one side of me and my daughter on the other. And Priscilla said something that just stopped me in my track. She said, wouldn't it be a shame if the enemy believed more about our potential than we do? And she said, he already knows that we are loved and we're chosen. We have a purpose. We're gifted. You know, we're strong, brave. I don't think she used those exact words, but you know that he knows our identity. It's just a matter of, do we know it? And that was really powerful. And I looked at my mom and I looked at my daughter and I thought about my own heart and my friends and my sisters. And I thought, how dare he? Like, how dare he try to lie to us about who we are? And so that was another moment where I just felt like I want to create a book that reminds women of who we really are. Cause I think we all struggle with that. I think we struggled it with it starting with Eve in the garden where the enemy came at her with the phrase, did God really say, you know, mm-hmm. and he still does that with each of us. Did God really say you're loved? Did God really say you're brave? Did God really say you're strong? And I hope by the end of this book that every reader would be able to say, yes, you know, he did say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and that nothing can separate me from his love and to just know how to fight back against those lies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know you mentioned that, you know, this is a struggle that goes back to, you know, the garden, but as far as struggles that are mainly exclusively part of our today's culture what do you what would you pinpoint as some of the biggest reasons women are struggling these days to feel those things yeah well I think depression and anxiety are really common that's a part Mm. of my story I've struggled with both for most of my life and I'm not ashamed to say that you know because I think it just means that I'm a warrior and any woman who's listening that struggles with that too it just means that we're warriors that we have something we fight and It's not depression or anxiety, it's something else. And so I think we all just kind of have a signature struggle, you know, that we come up against, that we go on the battlefield and God says, you're going to have victory, but some days we end up a little slapped around. (laughs) So I think that's part of it. You know, I think that we are connected in so many ways and yet disconnected from, you know, God and each other and even ourselves. I, I read a study in USA Today that said, uh, 25% of Americans have no one to confide in about important mm. things, you know, and most people have two or fewer, including spouses and family. So I think we can look around, especially on social media and think everybody has a lot of relationships. But the reality is, I think we're living in a lonelier age than ever before. And so I think intimacy starts with our relationship with God. And then out of that, we can connect with other people. And so I think that that loneliness, it's in that quiet sometimes that the lies get louder. So I think that's another reason too. Yeah, definitely. Would you say that those 10 years of infertility that you sort of experienced a bit of that loneliness or that disconnect because of the journey that you were walking on or, or how, how did that kind of go together if they are interlinked? Yeah, I think, you know, if you picture life with your peers, you're kind of walking along this path, you know, and kind of doing life side by side. And then one after another, they kept having babies. (laughs) So (laughs) they were like way down the path all of a sudden. And it's not that we didn't still love each other, you know, but I did have that sense sometimes of, man, I feel like I'm, I keep getting, you know, left behind. And uh, 
I tell them now, I'm like, you were ahead of me. You had three children during those 10 years, but now I'm a grandma. I have left you. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So I think any time where the people around us are receiving a gift that we would like to have, that the temptation is to feel lonely. And I think being honest about that, you know, like I remember I even wrote an article with one of my dear friends at the time that she got pregnant and we wrote it together. It's called the pregnancy test. And we talked about how that was hard for our friendship, you know, um, and how we worked through it. So I think it's just admitting those feelings again to God and to those people and just saying, you know what, sometimes this is hard. Like I'm thrilled for you, but sometimes this is hard for me and that's okay. It doesn't mean we're selfish or, you know, that we're not trusting God. It just means we're humans. And sometimes we grieve when we have to wait. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes there is that place where you're both experiencing sorrow, but also joy. And I think that it's hard to put that into words sometimes. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's one of the reasons why I love that you, you are putting pen to paper well <laughs> metaphorically I guess so to speak I mean, <laughs> you do most of your work typing, but, but you are sharing your stories and you're sharing your heart and you are I guess just sharing truth for women who maybe aren't experiencing the same things that you are but can still learn so much from your journey on what it means to find hope and joy in the Lord um, what encouragement can you give to the listener who is struggling to remember who she is in Christ since becoming a mom? I would say that it's helpful to remember that God will give us assignments and roles all of our life. And those are important and beautiful and worthy of our time and our energy and everything we put into them. But they are not our eternal identity. And that's what we can hold on to on the days when it feels like, you know, this is hard. You know, I'm in the middle of this, this thing that I love, but also takes a lot out of me. It's just remembering the truth of who we are, that God says, you know, no matter what, forever and ever, we are loved. We are part of his plan. We have gifts to share. And that will be true as moms. But it will be true all our lives because a big turning point for me also was I felt like one day God wanted me to go to the third chapter of Genesis. And I went and it said Eve was called the mother of all living. And I felt like God said, you know, Holly, all women are mothers because all women bring life into the world in some way. Mm. And for a lot of us, that looks like physical kids, at least in a particular season. But I think even those of us who don't do it that way, we're still mamas. And for the mamas who are in the trenches right now, knowing, yes, you're raising your children right now, but you are going to be a life giver as long as you're on this earth. God's always going to have something important and worthwhile for you to do and pour your heart into and and that your identity is bigger than being a mom, even though that's such an important and beautiful role. Mm, absolutely. What would you say is some of the maybe the biggest lessons or the biggest things that you've learned since taking your daughter under your wing and adopting her and going through that process of becoming a grandparent? What what kind of things has the Lord been showing you through that? I think one of the biggest things is just how much he wants 
us to believe that he really does love us. That was the mm. the hard part with her. She'd been through a whole lot and was just kind of like, why do you want to be in my life? You know, even though she really wanted us to be, she kept kind of waiting for us to go away. And I remember when she was living with us before she got married, one night she came in late and she got ice from our cranky refrigerator and it fell on the floor. And I just came out to see if she was okay. Like I just wanted to make sure she was all right. And she was crouched on the floor, just frozen. And she looked up at me and she said, are you going to kick me out? And I was like, mm. what? Like, no, <laughs> why would you even think that, you know? And I think that I wanted more than anything for her just to really believe that we loved her. And it took her years to really say, all right, they're not going anywhere. I remember, you know, years later, we were having family dinner and she was washing a dish at the sink and she tapped this big glass pan on the sink just in the right way and it shattered, you know, pieces everywhere and scattered all over. And it looked like that ice on the floor all over again, except it was glass. And I looked at her and I thought, what's she gonna do? And she looked at me for a minute and then she smiled and she threw back her head and she laughed. <laughs> And I thought, finally, <laughs> finally. And then we cleaned up all those broken pieces together. And I think that's what God wants for us. You know, I think we can get, you know, thoughts in our head that he can't love me after I've done this or that. Or what if God leaves me? Or what if he can't use me because of the struggle in my life? And I think his father heart is just saying, man, I just wish you'd believe me. I wish you'd believe how much I love you and that I'm more than willing to pick up the broken pieces with you because mm. you're mine forever. And so I think that's something I personally struggle with, you know, still feeling sometimes like I need to earn God's love. And so living that out with Lavelle has helped me see that in a deeper way. Yeah. I, I think that the struggle of, you know, wanting to earn God's love, wondering if he might withhold his love. I think that that's a struggle that a lot of women deal with today because of just how how much perfectionism and anxiety has kind of swept over our culture. And I don't know why and I don't exactly know how to stop it except that each of us, you know, we're all I guess we're on this journey with God where we're having to really trust him to show his love to us and really receive that grace that he gives us and that's another reason why I'm just, I'm loving the words that you chose behind your new book, Strong, Brave, and Loved, because I feel like they all are just so closely interlinked. Um, can we talk for a minute about bravery, though? Because I, I want to know what bravery means to you, and maybe a little bit of what it's meant for your life, but also how you how you see your readers maybe stepping into bravery. I mean, I know it can look like so many different things, so many different um, steps of obedience and faith, but what, is, what are your thoughts on bravery? Yeah, I would say bravery is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not an emotion. When I'm being brave, I never feel brave. I feel scared. <laughs> and so I think acknowledging that, that it's okay if we don't feel brave, that if we choose to move forward anyway, that that is being brave. And I think that bravery is just saying yes every day to what God puts in front of us. And sometimes that feels like changing a diaper. And sometimes that feels like changing the world. And I think both, <laughs> you know, require bravery. And so 
Yeah, I think that's what it means to me. And I think that we are definitely braver together. You know, that mm. it's good to know we don't have to do it alone. Yeah, absolutely. When you are coaching women, do you find that the struggle to be brave maybe comes from a lack of community or a lack of support sometimes? I think that's part of it, you know, and it's hard to say our dreams or desires out loud. It feels really vulnerable, but I think that's probably the first step in bravery is just saying, okay, I'm going to put words to this and I'm going to tell God and someone else so that I don't have to do this on my own. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. When I talk to moms who are struggling with postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety or even just loneliness, I know that it takes a lot for them to first acknowledge what is happening. But then once they do take that first step of being brave and being vulnerable, then it's like that's where the healing starts to begin. That's where the journey of finding the tools, finding the help really starts. And I just, I, the word bravery just sticks out to me so much because I know that the moms who are listening, they each have their own journey that they're on with God. And each of those journeys are going to involve steps of faith. They're going to maybe even require leaps of faith. And I just, I love that you are using this word. You are using this book as a way of empowering women to remember who they really are in Christ. We already are strong. We already are loved. And God is equipping us to be brave. And it's just so amazing. Um, Where can listeners find you? Where can they find your book, first of all? But also, where can they find you? Whether it's your website or social media or however. Yeah, they can find the book at their favorite place for books. And I would love to connect with them at my website, which is just my name, hollygurf.com. So they can sign up for my email list there and I'll send them encouragement to their inbox. And I would also love for them to join the Strong Brave Loved online Bible study that's going to kick off in January. So there's information about that on my site too. And that's totally free. We'll be going through it together. So if you're thinking 2020 is going to be my year of Strong Brave Loved, then I would love to do that with you. Oh, I love that you're offering that. I didn't even know that. That's really (laughs) cool. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for being open, sharing your heart, um, and just sharing your encouragement. I think that whoever is listening, you know, there's something that they're taking away from this conversation, whether it's to remember their identity, whether it's to take those steps of bravery, or just to just be loved, be loved by God. So thank you again for for sharing your heart with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you.